We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 131, a Thanksgiving edition of the pod, wishing you and yours a happy day of giving thanks, whether you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, the day after, uh, on the Wednesday we're recording it before, whatever you want to call it, Black Wednesday, Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Are you, do you I do any of those? You any Thanksgiving's any of those? in there somewhere. Um, I've become a, whenever the online deal hits, like yeah, it's I not start, even like a day anymore. It they doesn't have to be Cyber Monday. You start getting emails, I want to say, around now. And like, I, but I, a, yeah, bought a two hundred and sixty dollar pair of jeans yesterday for seventy five dollars. So like, ooh, it's just where'd you get just, that? Can you send me that? We're just thriving. Um, it it was a promo code I had on top of the sale, on top of a gift card. So uh, all said and done, we got out of there with a steal for a pair of rag and bone jeans. Uh, okay, if you want to, if you want to, oh, that mean like one of like holes in them? No, 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 no. You can get them with holes in them, but that's just the brand name. Got, um, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Never yeah. heard of that brand. But is that uh, California point, thing. Point being is, I take part in the deal when the deal is to be had. There's what I, I was like getting that. at there. I like that. Um, so wh- whenever that may be, I got to knock out some some birthday shopping, some Christmas shopping, all of that. You know, it's always fun when you have a significant other who has a birthday four days after Christmas. So, it's uh, it's got to be nice to just get everything you know, not out of the way, obviously, but you know, you can kind of do all the shopping at once. It's, it's yeah, but sometimes you like to spread that out financially okay, a bit. Fair. You like to you like to get that in a couple different checks. You know, you know That's what I'm fair. saying here. How much but, are you uh, dropping on gifts? Good for you. But we digress. I'm a gift giver. I'm a Clearly, gift giver. You never give me a gift. Well, you did, uh, but you lost a bet. The the gift of family and friendship. And I gave you a t-shirt. Is hopefully the gift that you'll be opening this Thursday. Uh, we're wishing you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. But we want to send you into the holiday with a little bit of uh, Bears talk, a little bit of buy or sell, uh, some sports thanks. We have to give thanks for certain things because I know we do. Well, well, it's I got a good bleak, one. Well, it's been a bleak fall for our fandom. Still, plenty to be thankful for. So, Matt, uh, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a little bit busier this week. You got you know you're scrambling to get some things done at work before you know you're off a couple of days. Like, you got to work late tonight, back early tomorrow morning. Got to get some stuff done for tomorrow for for the parents. But we're scrambling around. I know you got to move going, so you're a little bit stressed out as well. It's all good times. Good but, times. But uh, you know, it, it, it was it's been a, it's been a good week so far. How about yourself? Uh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Um, as you said, just packing boxes, getting ready to make the haul across the United States of America. And by haul, I mean getting on a flight. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but Sunday Sunday night, I got I was ch- tasked with babysitting by myself for about two hours and putting uh, my my beautiful, go. lovely goddaughter to bed. Yeah, and I got to be honest with you, nothing went wrong. I'm pretty pretty proud of myself. So proud I felt, of you I there. felt the need to pump my own tires there. She did not if cry. If if we're doing grown-up things, that that was your that was, that was grown-up my grown-up thing, thing of the week. week. Yeah, I took I bought, care of I a child. A I fed her dinner. I read her a bedtime story. Put her to bed. I, I went out and I, with like Consumer Reports, and I bought a couch. That um, we are, you know, we're, screw we're grown up. Guys. This is an adult podcast. We're grown up. We're going to talk to you about balancing your checkbook. We're going to talk to you. Uh, you know what's odd? Uh-huh. Episode 132 is going to be uh, based largely around mutual funds. Literally the really last low. thing we talked about on the last <laughs> podcast was whether or not a man farted on air. We, we yes. literally called it Fartgate. And yeah. now the next thing we're talking about is taking care of young children we're, and using consumer reports to buy couches. We're balancing it out and we're going to we're start growing. talking about low-risk investment, low-risk, like low-yield investment, 401ks, mutual funds, all of that. Yeah, that's How much should you be investing into your own 401k from your paycheck? <laughs> we we, we want to give you the answers, and we can do that. <laughs> hit us in the hit us at, on Twitter, at Moose and Runes. Uh, actually, Has, no, hit us, hashtag hit us finances. Those, hit us with those mailbag, those holiday mailbags that, uh, that we always love. But, uh, Matt, let's dive right into it. Um, some Bears football to be talked about. They a won. win. Yay. A win that... Again, doesn't really feel like a win. Like, they don't did, have a did, win. You, did that do anything for you? Like literally, no, 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 physically, no, no, no. emotionally, anything? No. And then I Good. saw who had it. I think it was Sunday Night Football had their – they brought up their playoff graphic and they had the Bears on in the, the, in the hunt list. And in I literally hunt. laughed out loud. They yeah. don't have a win over a team with a winning record. I believe their teams that they've beat have a combined 10 wins this season. Sounds so, about right. Um, not really anything to get too excited about. And if you are getting excited about it, stop setting yourself up for disappointment. That was a Giants team that 
really is quite hapless. They have some pieces to be excited about. Um, if you're Giants fans, I think Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback in this league with the right pieces around him. Does have some ball security issues uh, that was known before the Bears got their hands on him. And then uh, just at least happy to see that they reinforced that, that that Khalil Mack did get on the stat sheet big time after being empty the week before. I guess that would be my biggest positive takeaway is that you know he still does have, uh, not that I doubted his ability, but he, he can still go out there and wreck a game um, regardless of the, the opponent. So I guess that was my one main takeaway. But Matt, I have to be honest with you. I watch the game, but the way I'm watching the game has become a lot more casual. Yeah, I'm not, like I'm not invested, I'm not, really. I'm not breaking things down pre-snap. I'm not hitting pause and rewinding after plays. I'm just – it's on, and I'm watching it, and it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think you took it for me. They're like the, the biggest highlight of – or I guess positive, whatever you want to take, is Khalil Mack looked like Khalil Mack again, which was nice. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Giants didn't pay as much attention to him uh, in – terms of you know chipping him more often double teaming as much as they should and obviously he took advantage of that but like yep. yeah, i'm trying to think of some positives to take away some things that i like that i saw and you know mitch i thought played fine i thought Allen robinson was like was was better but like the, the play calling you finally saw them try and move mitch out of the pocket a little bit i forgot what it was Adam anthony Bogan. miller Adam Anthony, Miller, Anthony Miller had like seven grabs, yeah. which is good. Adam Hogue like had a breakdown of Mitch's numbers, you know, outside of the pocket and play action versus inside, and he was a lot better. Mm-hmm. But like all of it really just comes back to what does it matter? Like right now, yeah. what does it against the Giants to go five and six? Like what does it matter? Yeah, I, I know. Quite honestly, about unless the, I, I don't mean to dent, you know, down talk what we do because I think you and I, yeah. for the most part, pride ourselves on talking about the Chicago Bears, but like. Call me if they win their next two and do it so you know decisively against the Cowboys. That I, I think even then I'm I'll be kind of back into it. But I mean, if if they don't win their next two games and do so looking pretty good, what's their reason to have hope going into Green Bay and then Kansas City and then Minnesota? You still need yeah, no. all the help in the you need Minnesota basically to fall off the face of the earth. And hope is a. Uh... Hope is a lie when it's, it comes to this Bears team. Don't ever so, uh, have hope, guys. It's stupid. We had hope going into this year. Look what happened. Had no hope going into last year. Look what happened. It was great. I think it, and that's a whole other conversation, but the the place that I wanted to go is the fact that, and we've touched upon it in the past, that um, this season, I mean, we've touched upon it. This team does not have the proper and I don't think it's player makeup, but the mental makeup right now is not good. The air in Hallis Hall, and I know I've referred to the air in Hallis Hall before, but the air in Hallis Hall is not one of hope. It's not one of um, let's figure this out, let's get this right. I think it's let's get this done. I think there's a I think there's a prevailing let's get this over with. Let's win a couple ball games. We're not necessarily tanking for a pick because we don't have one. We're not necessarily trying to sneak in because we don't really have mm-hmm. it this year. It's this purgatory of who gives a crap. And uh, it's frustrating as a Bears fan because we want to be passionate about our team. But the easiest thing to do is to detach yourself from a team that seems to have already detached themselves from the season emotionally. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll get to it in, in buy or sell. But there was a, yeah. a little bit of a moment that you know kind of summed that up, I think, pretty well. Or summed up what I would like to say is basically – in the face of adversity, the first time it was shown to this team, in if you, if you want to go back all the way to the Eagles game in the playoffs when, when you know they missed that kick, the first time they found adversity, pretty much everybody crumbled. They panicked in how to handle you know picking up a kicker. I think you could even say Ryan Pace kind of froze in the offseason. He felt complacent, sat on everything he had, didn't really do much to address the roster, and then in the in. The regular season, they got punched in the mouth. The offense, especially in the opening Green Bay, Matt Nagy got punched in the mouth as a play caller, and he never recovered. No one ever really recovered from it. You can say what you want about the defense, and early on, they were good enough and early enough to win. But when they got punched in the mouth with Akeem Hicks going down for as long as he did, and that when, you, when he went down against Oakland, I think everybody knew that wasn't something he was coming back for. Oakland ran all over him, dominated him, and they haven't been the same team since. So I think in a nutshell, we, we've seen that this team doesn't know how to handle adversity. And maybe the hope is this year was a lesson for them. I mean, it's still a young group. It's still, it, 
I know the windows close in the NFL quickly. I'm not necessarily sure without a few other pieces this window is necessarily closed, but hopefully they can use this year as a learning experience and figure the hell out how to deal with adversity because it's the NFL. They're going to fight that a lot, and next year is going to bring its share of adversity as well, even though last year might not have. Uh, I know a few weeks back, Matt, uh, I think I proposed it, the idea of the only thing that these last few weeks, this home stretch is going to determine is the fate of Mitch Trubisky as an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like these last few weeks have affected this? Because admittedly, he has been better, but that bar was so low that he hasn't mm-hmm. been very good. He's just been better than how awful he was, how atrocious he was to start the season. Do you think that we are headed down a path where Mitch Trubisky is earning himself another year under this offense? I think you're, if he keeps trending this way, and I'm going to say trending because I think he still needs to keep moving up, he's going to earn himself a chance to battle for a starting quarterback position, I think, next year. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I just think that's kind of the situation because, like it or not, they're kind of stuck with him for one more year. They can't really dump him with that. They're stuck with his cap hit, so there's no point not having him on the roster. And say what you want about him as a starting quarterback, but you know, next year if they do go out and add somebody, whatever, Mitch is if Mitch is your backup quarterback. I know mentally he might not love that. He's you could do a little bit worse than that. But I, I'm I'm with you. I think with how broken he's been and, and appeared for a while, really since that, you know, the Minnesota injury, missing the Oakland game, mm-hmm. he does seem to be taking positive steps. And I think part of that is because Matt Nagy, as a play caller, seems to be taking baby steps in the right direction too and calling certain plays, running certain formations that are actually beneficial to his quarterback. He's letting him roll out. He's trying I, to establish play action, even though he quits on the run again. It's, it, it's, it's not great, but it's better. Like I think said. there's something to that rolling him out of the pocket, and it's really a crutch because I, I know we're well past fundamental season. These are things that need to be figured out in July mm-hmm. and August. Mitch Trubisky is so uncomfortable in a clean pocket, it makes me sick. Yeah. He there's a sidearm back foot Rex it, Grossman meets. It goes back to Jay him what Cutler we talked meets, about. He's got to think too much. He's not bad he, football. Sport. There is such a lack of comfortability in the pocket. And I'm watching, so I kind of have the up close foil of Jimmy Garoppolo, similar age, I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit older, been in the league, learned from obviously yeah, yeah. the greatest of all time. But he, Jimmy Garoppolo, was oftentimes criticized for the same thing. His uncomfortability in the pocket, his, his internal clock was a little faster than it needed to be. And I've watched Jimmy Garoppolo over the last six to ten weeks. There's been signs of that uncomfortability still, but on Monday night against Green Bay in primetime, as calm, cool, and collected, even after being sacked twice in in the pocket. He's showing growth in that mm-hmm. vein. And I, and I think I kind of compare them too because they're similar, similar statures, similar builds. Um, I, I see a lot of similarities between the two. I just see the two heading in completely different directions right now. I guess part that's the point of that, I'm trying to make. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think part of that goes on who is the guy that's calling their plays, who's the yeah. guy they're co- who is coaching them. And one of them is a guy who's committed to the run, who knows how to scheme the run, and knows how to get people open on play action. I mean, the the George Kittle touchdown pass was a perfectly beautifully drawn-up play that basically schemed it out of play action, perfectly got George Kittle open, and and messed with some safeties' heads. Whereas uh, here, you have a head coach who's essentially asking his quarterback week in and week out to go win him football games, even though he really can't. He's not capable of that yet. Whether or not he'll ever be capable, I don't really know. He's not quite capable of that yet. And he's also, in doing so, calling plays that aren't really fit. He's calling offenses that aren't really like, he doesn't really trust him totally, but we're still going to do these things and, you know, we're going to do things my way. You know, we have to do it's. I feel like he's got a head coach confusing him and they're, they're kind of running in opposite directions, whereas. Jimmy's growing because he's got a coach that knows how to scheme around him, that believes in him and it, it, quite honestly, knows how to scheme an offense as well as anybody in the NFL. Um, also, they have a very good offensive line, which turns out helps. Yeah. I, I just uh, yeah, I, I just worried that Mitch is going to play himself into a situation where week one next year he is the starting quarterback and we do see a lot of the same things that we're seeing this year. But that's there, a problem that uh, we Mitch, can deal Mitch with. Mitch might be the starting – or might have a chance to be the starting quarterback in week one, but I would – 
guarantee you that Chase Daniel is not your backup quarterback. If he is, it's either because they brought in a you know they brought in a veteran that we've talked about. Yeah. Whether that's it wouldn't be Teddy Bridgewater because if Teddy Bridgewater is brought in, it's you know his job to lose. It's because they brought in a veteran that you think you know can compete for that job, and maybe Mitch just did win it out. Or it's because they drafted someone that they think is close but not quite ready that they would like to sit yeah. back and learn for a year. And I'd be fine with all of that. I just don't want to see zero. It better not be uh, Mitch and Chase Daniel. I just don't want to see zero proactiveness in the quarterback mm-hmm. room. I, I, there needs to be something done there. But uh, we could we could harp on quarterback play all day and probably for the next um, two years. But there are uh, there are some good things. There's there's Thanksgiving football coming, Matt. There and it is. What's better than a little tryptophan-induced mm. Lions-Bears football. Um, maybe that'll get you – maybe you get a little boozed up, eat a little turkey, feel good about yourself, and then watch whatever happens. There's not much I love more than that Thursday night, the Sunday night football broadcast where I'm, I'm going through plate number – you know, the first plate of leftovers there or maybe the uh-huh. second piece of pie, whatever. I'm sitting on the couch in my sweatpants. I have, I have Chris Collinsworth sliding in. We're watching some football kickoff. I'm kind of dozing off after that plate. Oh man, that that's my I love that so much. That's like my favorite See, I, game of the year. I've found that I like the middle game the best. I like the one thirty Pacific game. Uh, I guess that would be three thirty. I like the three thirty game back home because there's a fo- I have a focus still. Uh, by the time that late game hits, you know we're a couple deep. Uh, we're playing LCR. We're we're doing other stuff. I'm not as locked into that game as maybe the middle game and the first game. Luckily, that's Bears Lions again. You're doing you're doing stuff. You're, you're running around. You're helping with this. You're yeah. bringing ice in from the fridge and doing this and doing that. Um, I think the focus is always on that middle game, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's Buffalo Dallas. See, but, that's uh, the one I always kind of miss because we're always at my, uh, my my aunt Sheila hosts Thanksgiving that year okay. every, every year. We're always there, and that's kind of always it's always on. But you're always mm-hmm. kind of standing behind the couch. In transit, relative, saying you know, hellos. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it. Don't get me wrong. I want to see what's going on. But you're also talking to people. You're having some conversations. and It's a whole right. thing. So let's rip through these three matchups, Matt. Uh, let's look at some betting lines. And let's also look at what you have your eye on. And we're going to start off with, obviously, uh, the early game. Bears and Lions. Little at stake here. Um and by little, I mean absolutely nothing at stake here. What are you looking out for in this one? Um, I think it's what you talked about uh, with, with Mitch making kind of steady development, steady growth. And obviously we're going to talk about this from a bear side of, thing, uh, side of things. I'm, I'm looking for Mitch to kind of just keep making steady progress, whether it's been you know that high of an incline of steady progress that you can debate that. But he, he has been progressing the last few weeks. So obviously you're looking for that. And on the Detroit side, Who's going to play quarterback? I mean, it sounds like Jeff Driscoll mm-hmm. is going to be healthy, but he's questionable. And he, if he is healthy, it's a – I forget. I know it's lower body. I think it might be a hamstring. But that's going to be a huge benefit for Bears pass, rusher, pass rushers, excuse me, if they have an immobile Jeff Driscoll in that pocket against a pretty beat-up, not-great offensive line. For me, it's the defense. I want to see the defense get in the end zone as they did last year on Thanksgiving against the Lions. This was part How about of that. Eddie Jackson pick six. Come on, do it. Yeah, again. right. This was part of that uh, three division wins in eight days stretch that they had last year mm-hmm. that uh, kind of catapulted them forward. Uh, what a what a difference a year makes. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for the defense to come out, show out, regardless of who's playing quarterback. They need to have that attitude of. No one scores on us, home or away. This is the Lions who have three wins, whether it's Jeff Driscoll or otherwise, they're not scoring. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you, and I, I think with building off that, I'd like to see the defense do something that it does probably start with getting in the end zone to get their swagger back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, we, I've, been, I've been especially hard on the defense. You have, too, that they have not necessarily always pulled up their weight. They've gotten, beat, gotten beaten up a little bit on the ground since a key mix went out, but... They have still been very good. They're still a top five defense statistically, but there is that something missing that they had last year, and it's not the coordinator. It's the it's the swagger. They're not they're not taking the ball away, and they're not kind of they don't have that edge to them. They don't have that chip off their shoulder. Obviously, you can tell how supremely talented they are watching them play. I think it's 16, 15 straight games. They haven't allowed a touchdown on the opening drive. They're allowing seventeen points a game, but they they don't seem like they're having the fun they had last year. And that starts with taking the football away. We saw it a little bit against the Chargers when I forgot, I think it was Fuller who had that pick, ran it back to the four. They started doing the celebrations again. I'd like to see them get back to that, have a little bit of fun. 
because this team is not a team like you said. They they look like they're more ready to have the season end than they are ready to have some fun. Do what you can. Try and when good things happen on the football field, go have some fun with it. That's what this team does. So Matt's Matt's looking for a good time. Uh, Three and a half the line on this one. I talked about the the Bears are uh, road favorites, uh, being uh, laying three and a half. Um, Also, who's going to play tight end? Like, do we? Yes, for Horstead, I think was the guy. Who I yes, think it's Horstead. Uh, so that's person apparently, because uh, Broniker's out in the concussion protocol. Adam Shaheen is just done. Uh, Trey Burton's on IR. I think it's JP Holtz, who's been solid, but he's more of a, you know the blocking, you know, fullback type tight end. And then uh, yeah, I believe we have a, a, a yes for Horstead. So I was trying to get to. I was trying to get to some, Out of Princeton, <clears throat> some action. Love their Ivy League TDs. I was trying to get to some action, and you gave us fullback tight end breakdowns, so what? I appreciate that. I was Matt. just saying who. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, three and a half is the line in this one. I don't like any of these Thanksgiving lines. Uh, I'd be playing over-unders if I was moving my money around, but uh, anything – these are kind of those anything-can-happen type situations. Yeah. Short week, Thursday on a holiday, a little harder to forecast – what do you like in this one? Uh, consensus, 80% of the public money in at the Bears. Uh, I would, let's, move uh, that, let's move that line to almost four. In yeah, some, it's, it's, it started, it's four at I some I believe places. it opened to two and a half. <clears throat> yeah. um, I'm with you on, for most, the most part, these lines I don't love. I'd be leaning totals. I do like probably the under 37 just because I don't think the Lions are going to be able to score much and the Bears offense isn't great. Bears unders, as, as you figured out from our, uh, our locks of the week, have been, have been pretty successful. Um, and I, I would like the Bears to cover. I think I would lean that way just because if it's either going to be Jeff Driscoll and he's banged up or David Blau, who is, yeah. I, I believe if it's the guy I'm thinking of from Purdue is not. Oh, I've seen, I've seen a lot of Blau up close in my Lincoln days. Uh, mobile. We got we to gotta keep an eye on the kid. He's mobile. All right. Uh, I, don't know about the, I don't know about the NFL level. No, I'll, keep, I'll be sure to keep an eye He was eye mobile out. in uh, Memorial Stadium. That's all I know. It wasn't too uh, hard to be mobile against that I'll defense. roll with you on this one. I would have loved it at two and a half, but now that it's past the field goal. Even I at almost, three, I would have loved it, but the, just the hook always scares you. I almost lean towards the Lions just because of how much I hate this Bears team, but can't That's do fair. it. I I'm rolling that. with you. Rolling with you on the Bears. Buffalo-Dallas, uh, the afternoon game. Eight and three Buffalo taking on six and five Dallas. Uh, many people were calling for, or at least Jerry Jones was hinting at the fact that Jason Garrett could be uh, on his way out of Big D. Uh, I think a loss to Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving might just do that. So happy holidays to Jason Garrett. Your job's on the line. Uh, what are you looking for in this one? Because that's what I got my eyes on. I mean, that's obviously the story <laughs> after. I mean, Jerry, for the most part, has always been a ringing endorser of Jason Garrett. Yeah. This is really the yeah. first time he didn't go out and say, like, you know, he's our he's our guy, you know, no matter what and all that. That said, like, do you really fire a coach if you're six and six and in the middle of a division race and you're know, leading a division race? So I mean, it'd be really interesting timing yeah. to do that. Uh, I do think he's on borrowed time. I, if they win the division at nine and seven, you know, probably the worst division in football this year. If they win it at nine and seven, you'll bow out in the playoffs. I, I do think he's gone, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Jason Garrett and that offense responds after. You know, it, it was a tough performance in New England, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, they lost thirteen to nine on the road to the best team in football in an absolute monsoon. Um, it's really more looking for an identity from that Dallas offense because it seems like they go back and forth between, you know, we're a Zeke team and, you know, no, we got to let Dak lead us. They got to make up their mind on kind of how they're going to run that offense and who's, who it's going to go through. And once you do that, I think everything else kind of falls into place. Uh, Line six and a half in this one. Uh, I look for Dallas to cover. And I also look for a big performance out of Amari Cooper after going over against the Patriots, targeted only twice. Obviously, like you said, it was a sash, uh, absolute downpour, but uh, mm-hmm. you have to target your playmakers. You have to find ways to get them the ball, even if that's on quick little throws. Uh, I think that Dak and Amari on a short week are going to look to really get in sync, as is Zeke, who loves eating on uh, on Thanksgiving. So um, I like Dallas to cover the six and a half. Yeah, I think <laughs> I would like Dallas and the under in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I, I do think Dallas is going to get back on track. I think hopefully that was a little bit of a wake up call type game for them, and they, they do kind of figure themselves out. And Jason Garrett, even though he's never been in. Jerry's, you know, through Jerry's, you know, words in the media have been on the hot seat. He's been on the hot seat in the media for the last five years. And he usually figures out a way to come back from those and then kind of 
squash some of those doubters. So I think this is a spot for him to do that. I I know the Bills are eight and three. They're just not very good. Yeah. There's not much there. Josh Allen, he's still not all that efficient yet. Uh, it's a tough spot for a kid to go in on Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't really love what they do offensively. I, I think the Cowboys come out and cover, look pretty good doing it, and I don't think the Bills score all that much. Then the late game, the Matt Rooney special. Oh, yeah. Coming your way I feel like at 720 this is, I feel like on this NBC. Is a, this, either this or Steelers-Ravens is the Thanksgiving Thursday night NBC game every year. Yeah, it does feel like that. Which uh, I'm fine Adla- with. We got Atlanta, New Orleans in Atlanta, nine and two versus three and eight. But this is an Atlanta team that stole one from New Orleans just two or what was that two or three weeks ago? Yeah, um, and it's uh, it's kind of it always has that feel of throw out the records. Type it's always a big game with these two. They are rivals. They they do kind of hate each other. There is history there, and these two quarterbacks have gone head to head for more than a decade now and uh it's been a lot of fun to watch i think it'll continue to be fun to watch and i think it's going to be a close game that's why i I like uh i like atlanta to keep it within the touchdown the spread currently seven um i could be it could be miles wrong here but i've seen it seven and six and a half different spots atlanta trending in the right direction over the last month i like them to cover the seven yeah i i I can't figure out the Saints. When I first saw this line, I wanted to take the Saints, even as the touchdown favorite on the road in a rivalry game, just because of what happened in Atlanta, uh, or not sorry, in New Orleans a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. when they played, and it was a little bit more of a redemption game for them. I'm not, I just can't really, since that moment, since re, honestly, since Drew Brees came back, I can't really figure out the Saints. They haven't really looked like the same team. The defense hasn't been as good. And off the top of my head, I don't know what types of injuries they've had on that side of the ball, but they, they've looked a little bit more susceptible. Mm-hmm. That said, I think I'm still going to take the Saints. Uh, if he, At six and a half, I love him. At seven, that's fine. Um, I have no idea on the total. This could be yeah. 34, 28, you know, 41, you know, 34, something like that, or this could be 17 to, you know, nine. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, I, I can't get a read. Either of these two teams seem like they're every bit as capable of putting up 30 points as they are 10 on a given week. So that's one yeah. I probably wouldn't go near. Uh, I, I, I'm staying clear too. We just like to, we just like to give the people a pick or two here, Matt. Maybe, maybe put a couple shekels on the if you, if you like the Falcon side. Never a bad idea. Just throw a couple shekels on the on the probably plus three hundred money line. See what happens. Uh, speaking of which, Matt, we've uh, we've had a little heater going here. For we are our locks of the I, week. I, none I of, tried none to of those warn Thanksgiving's the games. None of those Thanksgiving games were our locks of the week. No, but uh, I and myself two and a half the Bears might have been, but they weren't at two and a half. I myself have rallied from an zero and four start to a six and six, even five hundred record. Yeah. You've faltered here and there also at six and six one two in now, a row though i've i tried to warn the people joe don't let us get hot <laughs> why don't you uh give the people your lock this week oh man i went back and forth on a couple of these um there's nothing i really i, I wanted to try and do a college game but rivalry games are so hard to predict you, you really never know who's going to show out and like you said with the the saints and falcons it's always kind of a, a throw out the record book type deal um i am going to go with the carolina panthers laying 10 at home against Washington. I, a quick audible from my original pick, which I thought I might do the Jets minus three and a half, but that hook scared me. Um, Panthers played good football last week in New Orleans, just kind of fell short. The Redskins coming off that win, uh, was it their second win of the year, might be a little bit of a letdown spot. They even win and have a little bit of controversy with Dwayne Haskins taking the selfie and missing the knee, uh, but they got to go onto the road. Carolina's still fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I like the Panthers and the laying the 10 points. All right. Uh, my lock of the week, I'm going to stick to Sunday as well. Uh, I like the Colts covering two and a half against Tennessee at home. Uh, there was a, it was a prevailing Colts at home theme going early this season. That's kind of become a bit of a fallacy, but I still feel that in the position that they're in needing a win needing to stay in that playoff picture at home, mm-hmm. kind of a, a watershed moment for, for a franchise, uh, at least for this season, against the Tennessee squad that's been good. They've ran the ball effectively with Derrick Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has had his greatest success as an NFL quarterback over the last 10 weeks as the starter, over the last, what has it been, six weeks as the starter yeah, for? I think so. Um, I think he's, yeah, four and two or five and one. I, I don't know what he is, but he's done very well. 
Derrick Henry's run the ball effectively. All of those things considered, does that roadshow travel? I like the Colts covering two and a half against Tennessee. I, you know, I, I like the pick. I've just been burned so many times by the Colts this year. I just, I can't yeah. seem to figure them out. They're, they're a team that one week looks like they can, like the week they, they go down Sunday night football on the road to Kansas City, and they stomp the Chiefs, and then a week later, you know, they come home and lay an egg at home against Denver or whenever that was. So they're, they're a team that seems to really be riding that wave of, of up and down. But when they're playing well, they're they're as good able to beat anybody in the NFL. Uh, Matt, what do you say we jump into a little buy or sell here, huh? <sighs> Been waiting all day for it. You want me to all go right, first? Do you want to start? Yeah, I want to do. Okay, yeah. I'm going to – the White Sox, Joe, they did something. They White taught, Sox. We, the White, White Sox. Sox. They did, yeah, go, go, ahead, go White Sox. Let's root, 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 White Sox. So let's go, 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 White Sox. But that's fine. Root, 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 White Sox. It's, it's There's not. that second, that second yeah. come around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, the White Sox did something. They spent some money. They signed Yasmani Grandal to the mm-hmm. biggest contract in franchise history, going to Yasmani Grandal, four years, $73 million. Uh, and then also extended Jose Abreu. Reached, uh, he originally accepted that qualifying offer. Now they have him to a three-year, $50 million deal. I'm ask you, buy or sell the two contracts that the, uh, the White Sox doled out over the last week? I buy them, double them. What do I care? The, the White Sox are spending money. It's a good thing. They're spending money on good players. It's a great thing. The fact that Yasmani Grandal's $75 million contract or whatever it was is the largest in the history of the franchise shows you Wild. just how antiquated their approach has been to big-name free agents. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is a great pickup. It makes them better. It fills out their offensive lineup. It gives them defensive strength. I think that he's a guy who's going to – obviously, anytime you bring in another catcher – um, your pitching staff has to become acclimated to that, but that's what spring training's for. That's yeah. what this off season's for. It's going to be fine. I love the fact that they're spending money on players with name recognition. Yeah, it's it's a guy who I mean, if you if you look at all the his numbers from last year with Milwaukee, he's a guy who checks so many boxes that the White Sox need. He's a guy who gets on base. He's a guy defensively. He's as good of a catcher really as they're out there. And I think uh, I, I saw he's the best framing catcher in all of baseball was last year. He was 28 homers, 75 RBIs. He hit from both sides of the plate. But again, I, I just I said it earlier. He gets on base. He had 109 walks last year, I believe it was. No White Sox. The, the next, the, the highest total for a White Sox, I think, was 44. So it's something that this team hasn't done yeah. well throughout the years. It's it establishes them as a major player. And quite honestly, when you bring in a top end defensive catcher who has a reputation of being good with pitchers, who I, apparently after already signed, he signed wanted to talk to Rick Hahn about pitchers in the free agent class that he liked, that he studied, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You're going to have pitchers who notice that, and you know that's a factor when deciding. And that's a factor in Zach Wheeler's decision coming up here, which I, I would imagine probably come in the next week or so. Um, you know, That's a factor for a guy like that deciding. And I think that's probably their next target. If it goes well, he becomes the highest pick or high, biggest mm-hmm. contract in White Sox history. But it, it showed they're a player. And, and on the Jose Abreu front, I really don't understand. There's so many people saying, you know, you didn't need to sign him to three years. But if you really look at the contract, the way it breaks down, he I think he's got some deferred money and then a bonus. So you're really only paying him like $11 million, then $14 million, then $14 million. So it's not like... He's breaking the you're bank, breaking the bank for him every year. And, and aren't we talking about the guy who led the AL in doubles? This that's year? where like, I, I, I don't get I, it. Like I, I'm sorry, some of his, his his weighted runs created plus was was down this year. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. But if you, and I, I don't care, I, I might sound meatball. I might, might sound old school. Obviously, there's a place for for sabermetrics in baseball. There's a place for analytics in all sports now. But RBIs and home runs still matter. They're still yeah. very important. And say what you Especially, want about it. He had 35 of them, I believe. It was 35 home runs right around there. And he was second in the American League in RBIs. All right, yeah. He's still driving in runs. He's still producing an elite clip. And now you just went and got him protection in a lineup. You I got was a guy say, behind, who's probably going to hit behind him that can get on base, that can draw he was leading. He was leading in RBIs or second in RBIs, whatever you said, on a roster that had trouble one through three putting people on base yeah. for him. Like he was... He was creating RBIs, whether through the long ball or lineup turnover, getting the nine man on board and getting him up to bat. Like he was producing in a less than ideal situation. Year um, three, I mean, you, are you looking at this contract saying, man, I wish it was two years? Probably. But at the same time, I know, again, like the metrics say he might be slowing down a bit, but he also, I think I saw last year, 
his barrel rate was as high as it's ever been. His, his hard hit percentage was was uh, incredibly high as well. So he's still hitting the ball hard. He's still seeing it. He's still squaring it up. I don't understand. He's obviously the unquestioned leader in the clubhouse, and I've heard, well, you know, he wants to play first base. He doesn't want a DH. So what? Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't mean he's not a leader in the clubhouse. People look up to him. Eloy said he's like a dad in the clubhouse to everybody. And obviously when you're bringing in all these young Latin players, it's nice to have a face like that, like Jose Abreu up top. He loves the organization. So, yeah, it should have been a two-year deal, but you gave a guy a third year for being a clubhouse guy and being, you know, basically a reward for sticking yeah. around. I, I don't understand the the criticism of the length of the deal. It's not like they signed him to a seven-year, $100 million deal. It's three years. No. So long story short, we're both buying. Both buying. And then now Love go it. get me Zach Wheeler. <laughs> uh, Matt, going to take you a different direction here to college hoops. Uh, a huge upset. One of the biggest upsets of the recent decade, of the recent past. You hate uh, to last see Last night, Stephen F. Austin, 25.5-point dogs on the road at Cameron Indoor, taking on Duke, finishing it off with a buzzer-beater layup, upsetting the number one Blue Devils. Matt, buy or sell, the Stephen F. Austin loss is cause for concern for perennial number one Duke. I'm going to sell it. And this is coming from a guy who I hate Duke. I'm a North Carolina <laughs> fan. I, I love Notre Dame basketball as well. I, I don't like Duke basketball. I want, I, I had fun watching it last night. I relish when Duke loves loses. I love watching it. Um, that said, they're a very young basketball team. I think they're, you know, unquestioned leader with Trey, Trey Jones. Now yeah, Tyus is in the NBA. He's a sophomore point guard. They're a young team playing a lot of freshmen. Stuff like that happens. Kentucky mm-hmm. lost a couple weeks last week at home to Evansville, whenever that was. I'm not, you know, sounding the alarms. It's a bad loss. It shouldn't have happened, but there are a bunch of young guys that I think they'll end up being fine. Uh, I'd agree with you. I think that this is the perfect time in the season for something like this to happen. It's almost a tool for Coach K to use for his guys to uh, ignite them. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see them lose too many games uh, between now and March. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be a Something they look back on and say, "Ooh, we could have had, we could have done something really special here." I'm not suggesting that it's their only loss of the season, but it's just going to be one of the few, I believe. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's fun to watch. It's a fun storyline early on, but it's not something that we're uh, you usually we're give me a hard time for. Well, you usually give me a hard time for running around my apartment during the podcast. What's going on over there? Huh? Uh, I was just, I was, it, I was making a little bit of a switch here. I was moving from the uh, the counter to the back room. Mike here got home, got back to the apartment, so I didn't want to. Uh, be, be talking to myself here essentially when he was sitting uh, sitting in the living room trying to watch some TV. Yeah, you're a little bit weird, why, why? All right, hit me. Uh, I I talked about with uh, with this with you earlier, and then I talked about it on the podcast earlier. Akeem Hicks's reaction yesterday uh, when mm-hmm. he was on the Waddle and Sylvie show here in Chicago on ESPN <laughs> One Thousand. He's been a weekly guest there since the season started. Basically, Tom Waddle made a very innocent comment. I'm sure most of you probably heard about it, a sarcastic comment, basically defending Akeem Hicks and the Bears, saying they're not trying to lose, made a comment about his elbow injury. Can we we put that audio in here? Can we get that audio? Do do you have it? Um, Yeah, if you give me just two seconds. Yeah, wait two Uh, seconds. Continue continue to detail. Continue Um, to detail. Essentially, Akeem Hicks flipped out. Uh, You read Tom Waddle, who most of our audience here in Chicago – Chicago uh, audience knows who he is, knows his radio personality. He's a sarcastic, fun-loving guy. He's a bear legend because of how many injuries he played through and all that stuff would never mean to offend anybody like Keem Hicks. Hicks flipped out on him, basically hung up and said, I'm never talking to you guys again. And then pretty much yeah. doubled down on it on Twitter when they tried to you know, apologize uh, and clear the air. He doubled down. Here, here is that uh, short excerpt from the Waddle and Sylvie show yesterday. with us we're, we're down right now we know that and we're fighting to get back up so roll with us we, we didn't do this on purpose we didn't try to get ourselves in the situation but we're doing everything that we can to climb out of this hole so be supportive you mean you didn't put your arm in between those two point purpose i can't find I, no i'm joking hey who are you, that's a joke no that's why i said i'm not joking joke? no, i didn't mean you it that way somebody's injury no, no i no, know no, 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 no. i'm perfectly respectful tell you what you will not joke I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did. Hey, have a blessed day. This is the last time I'm on this radio station. Uh, Akeem, uh, are you serious? <laughs> the the, so end, the end. The end kills me with Sylvie. Are, are you serious? serious? Like that. That that is the Bears' season to me in a nutshell. Yeah. That kind of reaction from all of us is seeing basically having this 
No, it speaks to something larger. It speaks to something larger. Yeah. They're mentally weak. They are. They're they're mentally weak. Their leadership is mentally weak. They're in a place right now where they're looking for outs, whether that's in a conversation or in a game. Um, That was clearly Tom Waddle trying to support what Akeem Hicks was saying in in a sarcastic manner with something directly related to Akeem Hicks. And the fact that Akeem Hicks didn't have the wherewithal or was so ready to become adversarial in that moment, I think it does speak to something much larger. And really to come at a guy who in Tom Waddle, who is, you know, uh, like we said, a a Bears lifer who is, you know, respected by Bears fans in the organization for how many injuries he's played through and, you know, concussions he's had essentially. You, you think he'd really joke about an injury? Like, seriously, as a guy who's been there look. in the league? It's, it's a really bad look for a guy. Again, Akeem Hicks, who quite honestly seemed like, even through this tough stretch of a year, was one of the more likable, if not the most likable guys in that locker room on the roster to the fan base. And he, he just kind of burned some bridges there for absolutely no reason because he got you know, sensitive or is, was mentally weak again. And it just goes back to this season in a nutshell. They're mentally weak. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if there was a buy or sell in there. No, the, but, sell, uh, the buy or sell was his reaction, and I think you're selling a key. Oh, I'm reaction. selling. Yeah. I am selling. Yeah. Um, so. uh, Matt, what do I got for you here? All right, buy or Good sell. Uh, we got a big one coming up, college football. Uh, nice rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan coming on Saturday. Buy or sell, Matt. This is a win or get out of town for Jim Harbaugh. I am going to sell. Um, because I think the way Michigan has looked the last few weeks with how, obviously how they kind of dismantled Notre Dame. I know before that they lost to Penn state, but they played a really good second half and looked like a better, a different football team in the second mm-hmm. half of that game. They seem to turn a page there. And I mean, if they go out and lose 62 to seven at home, yeah, that's, that's probably a bad look and he might be in a little bit of trouble there. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think he, the way they finished the year when they could have kind of quit, um, I, I think changed some minds there, and I, I don't think anybody sees this as the the team that's going to be the one that you know beats Ohio. It's it's not like it's a down Ohio State team this year. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it. Obviously, you you want to win. You always want to win. You don't want to say there's good losses, but the way you look against Ohio State, even in a loss, could be considered a, a victory, even though you're not saying it publicly. So I'm going to sell that. It just kind of depends on how they look. If they look competitive. They have some fight. They keep it close. Uh, even if they keep it close for a while and then Ohio State just becomes the better team because they are. Uh, I don't think that's something you can necessarily fart, fault Harbaugh. <laughs> See, I had Fartgate on my mind. Fault you Harbaugh. Fart Harbaugh? For, yeah. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think you can fault him too much for that uh, as, much as, uh, as much as I might like to because it's fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I sell it. I, I think that he always seems to do enough to hang around and get another shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be this would be what? Oh, and if he loses to Ohio State, oh, five, oh, I eight. believe. Oh, and five against Ohio State, and I think that's oh, and nine total over the last nine, oh, and ten, something like that. They, they they've lost. Decade, they've lost like fifteen of the last sixteen, something like that. Yeah. So uh, whether or not you want to call it a rivalry, whatever you want to call it, I, I do think that. Well, I don't think it will be damning if it's a loss and even a an ugly loss. I don't think it'll be damning for Jim Harbaugh, but it will be part of his forever legacy at Michigan. That's one hundred percent true. He will. If I mean, I don't think this is the last time he's going to play Ohio State. But even if he, you know, was there for two more years and maybe wins one of the two, um, mm-hmm. you're always going to be the guy that went, you know, one and eight against Ohio State in a time. It's not like it was a down period for Michigan. He brought you know that program up to a point where they yeah. were nationally relevant where they were getting national attention. Hell, last year they were four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Ohio State. So it, they, it, was, it was not like it was a team with no expectation. It was a team with expectation that just could never get the job done. Yep, I agree. Um, uh, I'm going to, that's it, right? No, I got one more for you. I'm going to stick to rivalry okay. week here um, because it's college football. It's rivalry week, and as sad as I am that it's winding down, this is as fun of a week uh, in college football as there is. Um, so I'm going to – Fox obviously has the Michigan-Ohio State game. They're billing it as you know the best rivalry in college football. So I'm just going to ask you – use this as a, an excuse to ask you, you know, buy or sell, that is the best rivalry in college football. And if you're selling, what is your best rivalry, your favorite rivalry to watch uh, in college football? Yeah, I think right now it is. I think the last decade it's really, um, at least for me, 
taken hold of that uh, of that title as the best rivalry in college football, even though it's been so lopsided. There's always intrigue, um, whether it's the Urban Meyer Jim Harbaugh matchup, whether it's a matchup of. Uh, fantastic ball carriers, whether it's a matchup of, as you said last year, a road favorite Mm -hmm. who's surging. There always seems to be a storyline, whereas um, you look at some of the Notre Dame rivalries, let's Mm -hmm. say Notre Dame-Michigan, that's been taken off the slate, unfortunately, um, in years past. Notre Dame-USC has lost its luster since the Leinert days and the Mm -hmm. Reggie Bush days and the Bush-Bush days. Um, Because neither of those teams have ever really... They used to be. Yeah, neither of those teams have been relevant together at the right time, if that makes sense. I mean, you you get outside of our backyard and you talk... Texas, Oklahoma is always a good one, but there's no defense there, and Texas has been down. Mm-hmm. And um, you talk about some of the other games and some of the big rivalries. I just, when I think a rivalry in college football, I think Ohio State, Michigan, all the history that's there. I mean, that's, I think there's two, there's a 1A and 1B for me, and I still tend to lean towards Auburn, Alabama as my favorite. I think That's the fair. number one rivalry That's in college fair. football because I think obviously the last ten years those two teams have been you know, I think they both have what a national championship in the last ten. Auburn's been mm-hmm. to another one. Obviously Alabama's, you know, won a bunch of And some of those bunch. moments, the kick six. They, they ha- um, exactly they have the moments, yeah. they have the games where, you know, Alabama was looking for a national another national championship at a playoff spot and then Auburn knocks them off at home. They they have the, that to me has been more of a throw out the record books rivalry no matter how good Alabama's been especially when Auburn's played at home they've always given themselves a chance to win that game kind of no matter where that program is uh, whereas yeah. as as much as Ohio State Michigan seems to have that top billing it's been very one-sided the last few years and Ohio State a lot of the times wins by a lot not that it's not a great rivalry I love watching it and I also love that that's the oh, that's always an 11 o'clock time slot I love tuning into a rivalry game right away off the top but that said, I, I still tend to lean Auburn, Alabama by just just a hair. I think that's a fair point. I just kind of forgot that they play football in the SEC. Yeah. What about Rutgers, Penn State? We got that one this weekend. Think that's big Rutgers, Penn game. State, 40 point spread? 40, 40 and a half. half. 40 and a half. It was, it was 40. <laughs> got to be I'd careful of that State. hook. I'm, I'm scared gotta of the be hook. Here. I'm scared of the hook. <laughs> I'd, buy it down, I'd buy it down to the 40 if yeah, I were okay, you. Okay, I yeah. like that. We got Notre Dame, Stanford. Yeah. That's this weekend. I'll be there. You excited about that, that I'm going to be there? I am excited about that. Thank you. Um, Matt, before we go here, it is the Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. And I think the last thing that we should do in what has been a bleak fall is give the people one sports thing that we're thankful for. Oh, see, this is easy for me. I'll let you start because mine's mine's pretty easy and I think a pretty short answer. But I would like you to start. What are you thankful for? I'm going broad. um, And I'm thankful for the NBA. Because of how bad my football allegiances have been this year. How Notre Dame fell asleep against Michigan. How the Bears forgot that they had the coach of the year and the coach of the year forgot how to call plays. How all of these things that I look forward to this fall have let me down. And the one thing that hasn't let me down on a night-to-night basis is the association. There's always good games. There's always marquee matchups. There's always star players. You have a LeBron James in his 17th year doing things that people have never seen before. You have James Harden scoring at a clip never before seen. You have teams like the Lakers coming together. You have teams like the Clippers coming together. The East is wide open. Philadelphia looks strong, but how good is Boston? There's so many storylines, and I've been enthralled with it, and it's kept me sports sane. Over the last few uh, over the last few weeks here, so uh, I'd like to say that I'm thankful for the association, and I think that might be rooted in the fact that I don't really have an allegiance there. I love the Bulls. I like the Bulls. They it's don't hard break to, my heart when they lose by twenty. It's great to watch Zach Levine stick up two metaphorical me- middle fingers to Jim Boylan and drop forty nine the night after being benched. Um, those are, things are all great, but I don't think that anything in the NBA can ruin my day, and that's why I'm thankful for the NBA. That's that's a very well thought out you know uh, response, and I think you, you hit a lot of points there, especially with our football seasons being so disappointing. Uh, mine's pretty easy. I'm thankful for Patrick Kane. It's uh, okay. it's, it's his thirteenth year in the NHL, thirteenth season, I believe. Uh, he's still scoring at an elite clip. He still looks like he's playing, like he's skating like an eighteen year old, whatever, twenty two year old in his prime. 
He's on a 13-game point streak, looking for his uh, second consecutive season with a 20-game point streak, the third time he did in his career. And he's just getting better. And like you said, it's something for me to watch during football season when, when we have such a, a down um, allegiances. Uh, and mm-hmm. he just keeps getting better. He keeps doing things that I think are not possible. And he keeps the Blackhawks fairly relevant. Um, so I'm thankful for Patrick Kane and, and the three Stanley Cups he's helped bring us. And hopefully uh, one or two more in the next you know 10 or so years when he's, well, he's wearing the Indian head sweater. Amen. I'm thankful for Patrick Kane as well. He's really good. Thankful for I don't know you. That. He's very good. The Moose and Runes listeners, we give you thanks for always tuning in, for always supporting us and uh, lending us your ears even for just an hour. Um, it, it means the world to us and to allow us to sit here and just talk sports. Uh, we hope that we bring you a little bit of entertainment on a weekly basis. Um, one more, yeah, one more time for, for the people. I'm thankful for my podcast. I'm thankful for my podcast partner, oh, Matt Rooney, as well. well. That's nice of you to say. Yeah, there you go. Were you expecting there me to go. say it back? No, 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 no. And oh, it okay. would have seemed disingenuous because you weren't even thinking it. So yeah, no, just I let it sit. Right. Um, I'm, you know what I'm thankful for? <laughs> what I'm actually What's thankful that? for outside of the sporting world is that I have already bought my ticket for Wishfest on, on Friday, December 6th. There you go. I'm very thankful that go. I bought that. I'm thankful I'm going to get to go there, help raise money for a great cause, have a great night with my friends. Uh, and the rest of you should go to wishfest.com or wishfest.org or wish forever, wish for, wish forever.org or wishfest.com. Excuse Nailed me. It. Buy some tickets. There's some great silent auction uh, items up for sale, or not for sale, for auction that I think you can start bidding on next week. As I've told you, I had my eyes on the Duncan Keith signed jersey, so please stay away from that. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, we've said it. We, we've said it a million times the last month or so on this podcast. You know where you can go get your tickets. You know the cause you're helping support. Go out there, do it. It's the giving season, Joe. It's Thanksgiving. Can you say Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and give. Giving to the Wish give. Forever Foundation. Uh, they, they do a great job helping families with uh, with younger people, kids going through cancer. Helps uh, offset some medical bills for them. It's a great cause. Uh, paying it forward. So now we have to go pay it forward to them so they can write it back. That's right. No better way to spend the holiday season than, as you said, with that operative word, giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and no better way to give than at Wishfest. As always, Moose and Runes listeners, we appreciate you. That's going to do it for episode 131. Episode 132 coming at you next week. We're talking mutual funds and uh, low-risk investment. I think, that's, I think that's the like I said, direction we're taking our, this our, podcast. Our mailbag is how much of your paycheck should you be contributing to 401k? We're going to get take a deep dive into that. <laughs> For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. As always, we appreciate your fans. Like it, tweet it, send it. Uh, we want those mailbag questions. Those holiday mailbag questions are always our favorite. So hit us up at Moose and Runes on Twitter. But for now, saying goodbye from Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. We'll see you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.